Welcome to the Salt Church Podcast. We're a church that meets in the heart of Wollongong. Come and visit us on Sundays, 10am and 5pm at 275 Kira Street. We'd love to meet you. Evening everyone. Great to see you in church tonight. Merry Christmas. Uh, It's six sleeps away. Not that anyone's counting, right? Um, But not far to go. Um, I want to talk to you tonight about uh, the signs of Christmas. Uh, you know that point in the year you get to and you realise it's coming? What are the, what are the signs that it's here, um, that you know that it's right upon us? I reckon there's, uh, there's the obvious ones, isn't there? The, the shopping stress. It's not just our imagination. There is more people at the shops. There's more energy. There's more... It feels like there's are people driving a little bit faster, nudging in, changing lanes, edging in for that parking spot... Uh, the queues are bigger. Uh, the shop assistants just seem a little bit more cranky. <laughs> Is that fair? Um, fair enough. There's more people wanting more things. Uh, what about the gifts we buy? We buy some pretty ridiculous gifts at Christmas. Uh, the Chris Kringle gift. You know that $10 gift that you've just got to buy? Our staff are doing it tomorrow night. Uh, do pray for unity. <laughs> and that'll be a great night. But... Certain things, I actually put it on Facebook, uh, what are the signs, you know it's Christmas when, uh, someone said you start to eat more, you, your clothes become tight, uh, so it's, it's the clothing that's the problem, right, it's not, it's not you, um, your dad goes around the house singing Christmas carols, I won't tell you who said that one, uh, people complain it's too early for hot cross buns in the supermarkets, there's another one. Um, and have a look at this picture you've been looking at. Um, people's houses become transformed, have you noticed? These giant blow-up uh, Santas appear in the front yard. And I've got to admit, I've got to resist temptation every time I see one. I feel like popping it, right? <laughs> and I, it's just sin creeps up within me. And I've got to resist, I've got to repent. Uh, that's my problem. The music changes. Uh, is, is it right, you hear more Michael... Buble, Mariah Carey, uh, there's those particular Christmas songs, All I Want for Christmas is You, uh, Last Christmas I Gave You My Heart. If I hear that song one more time, I just think, you know it's Christmas. Um, a song that filled my heart with joy yesterday was In My Street. Here's another sign of Christmas, the fire truck uh, driven by Santa. Do you have this coming around to your street? He's coming down our street, and the song they're playing, blaring out, is a Colin Buchanan song. Uh, it was actually Aussie Jingle Bells. <laughs> I actually thought that was a Christian song, <laughs> and uh, I, said, I said that to Natalie, and she said, no, no, it's not a not particularly Christian song, but it's a good song. Uh, but I thought that was awesome. Um, what's going on at Christmas? There are, there's something, though, in the background uh, that is incredibly meaningful, uh, it's songs that we call carols. They're, they're great songs because they actually point us up to something that's really meaningful, actually talk to us about what is truly special and meaningful about the series. Uh, that's why we've called our series Repeat the Sounding Joy, Christmas Carols, More Than Background Noise. And so we're looking at another carol tonight. And I reckon the carols just grab you and say, look at Jesus, look how amazing this is. Uh, when I was a kid... Uh, and I was focused on the things, I, the very thing I shouldn't be focused on at Christmas, the presents. Uh, it's actually the carols that got my attention, even at school. Uh, the carol that got my attention was Mary's Boy Child. 
Uh, and there was a line in it that said, because of Christmas Day, man shall live forevermore. And that stuck with me. I thought, what is that about? Uh, tonight, it's O Holy Night. O Holy Night is one of those songs that is shot through with hope, filled with awesome hope for a disappointed world. Um, one of those songs that we're going to sing it a bit later, so we'll see how Tom and Phoebe lead us in this one. Apparently, I, I, it's a hard song to sing, highs and lows, they reckon it's easy. Um, it's the Mariah Carey classic. I reckon if you try and sing a Mariah Carey song, it's going to fail. Um, not with these guys. I'm, I'm talking personal experience. Um, it's super popular though, isn't it? Guaranteed to be at the Domain in Sydney, Melbourne Carols. A song that people love because it's all about hope. The night Jesus was born was a holy night, it says. A, a night divine when Christ was born. I reckon this carol, I'm going to have a look at the w- words in a second, gets something that our culture has lost. Maybe, maybe you've lost it as well. Jesus' birth is a big deal. It is extraordinary that God has come into our world and changed our world forever, uh, filled us with hope. Something extraordinarily big has happened at the birth of Jesus and O Holy Night gets it. So we're going to get to the Bible, but I want you to see the the words uh, of this song. O Holy Night, up there on the screen, the stars are brightly shining. Now, you do need to be a little bit careful with carols, I reckon. I reckon sometimes they get a bit romantic they, they ham it up a bit. I'm not sure that on that night the stars were shining any more brightly. There was one star we know that was. Um, so it's important to read, read the carol through the Bible. But I reckon this carol really captures Jesus wonderfully. Listen to the words. It's the night of our dear Saviour's birth. Long lay the world in sin and error pining, that's the state we're in, until he appeared and the soul felt its worth. A thrill of hope. The weary world rejoices, for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. Can you see it? Massive hope for a broken world, a world that needs hope. A thrill of hope, it says. A new day, a new era has come. Uh, oh, holy night. I reckon it cries out to us that, and it says, how awesome is that, that Jesus came. The birth of Jesus is here. And it's so much so. Look at the chorus Fall on your knees. That's what you need to do. Um, Can you hear the angels singing? All of the universe is looking towards Jesus and seeing how awesome this is. It is a huge deal. O night divine, the night that Jesus was born. And I can't help myself. I've got to go on to the second verse. Have a look at this one. Truly he taught us to love one another. So I reckon it's, it's saying something to us that our world doesn't get. Jesus is good. He brings good things to our world. His law is love, Uh, his gospel is peace. Chains he shall break, for the slave is our brother, and in his name all oppression shall cease. That's a wonderful picture of a new world that breaks in because of Jesus. Um, So I want to encourage you tonight, do you feel the joy? Do 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 you hear it from the hymn? Sweet hymns of joy, it goes on in grateful chorus we, let all within us praise his holy name. Uh, because Christ is the Lord. Here is your King. Praise him forever. There's nothing more important, nothing uh, bigger to tell the world. O holy night gets how big it is that Jesus has been born, a massive hope. 
But I was wondering, as you hear that uh, carol, as we sing it later, I wonder whether you get it. I wonder, as you think about Jesus' birth, are you thinking of a massive hope, a groundbreaking hope? Because as you look around our culture, you could easily miss it, couldn't you? Uh, You wouldn't think that Jesus is such a big deal. I remember a few years ago going to my local shopping centre, you know those really big, big shopping centres that I won't name them. In our region on the central coast, you can actually see the emblem from kilometres away. It's all lit up at Christmas time. I'm thinking, I want a photo of the nativity scene. They've got lots of money, they'll have a great nativity scene. I'm going to go and get a photo. So I go and can't find the nativity scene, asked the management, felt like I, I was, I'm the wise man, where is the, this child that's to be born? Um, anyway, the guy says, oh yeah, yeah, we do have a nativity scene, if you, do you know where the toilets are? If you go right down that corridor, turn left, turn right, go there, and then right at the back, just before that entry door where they bring in the loading dock, you'll see it there. I was like, oh, that, that actually says something, doesn't it? He's not centre stage... He's actually right out there in the peripheral uh, and it's kind of, it's a picture of the way many people think about Jesus. We don't want him, we don't want him central, uh, we don't want him to disrupt us too much. We'll bring him out occasionally, he can sit there on the edge, I don't want him to inconvenience me, but they've actually missed something huge about Jesus. And even, even as a follower of Jesus, maybe you're still not at that place where you think, yeah, thrill of hope. Uh, maybe for you, Christmas is better described as a pang of guilt or a stab of regret or a punch of anxiety or a slap of pain. If you, if you get to the end of the year and you go, it's just been such a hard year. And maybe you get to the end of every year and reflect, it's actually not getting easier. Maybe you feel disappointed. Well, maybe, even if you've had a great year, I want to show you part of the Bible, I want to show you, point you to Luke chapter 2, that helps us get the enormous hope that Jesus brings. Um, So that's going to be my prayer, solid, tangible hope that we can grab hold of here at Christmas and that will transform our life that we might have this thrill of hope, this, this joy in Jesus. So I'm going to pray for that, and then we're going to get into Luke chapter 2. Why don't you pray with me? Our great Heavenly Father, uh, thanks for your kindness and mercy to us. Help us to see uh, Jesus, uh, the thrill of hope to a, to a weary world. Uh, Father, please help us to see him, live for him, uh, respond to him in a way that pleases you tonight. And we pray it for Jesus' sake. Amen. We'll turn to Luke chapter 2 and verse 22. Uh, Actually, we'll we'll flick down to verse 25. And you'll see there a man, we're going to meet a man who really gets Christmas, really gets the hope of Christmas. His name is Simeon. Uh, It's a great Bible name. So he's another one of those those names. I'm I'm waiting for Salt Church to use biblical names for their kids. So... um, no pressure, but if you're having a child, I reckon Simeon is a great one because um, it's, a, it's a lovely name, but look at his character. I mean, who wouldn't want this for a son or a son-in-law or a husband or a friend? Um, look, at, look at who he is, verse 25. He was righteous 
and devout. Here is a man who's God-centred, fixed on God, focused on God, uh, a, go- a, a guy that knows that God promises and keeps his promises, a guy that's waiting for God to fulfil his promises. And so when Jesus is born, Simeon knows exactly what's going on. Uh, that's the context, that's why we introduced to Simeon, because actually the main character is Jesus, uh, if you haven't worked out it already, beginning of the chapter... We've been given the historical details, the place, the governor, the census, shepherds and angels acknowledging Jesus is the the Saviour and Lord. And now Jesus' parents bring uh, Jesus to the temple. Uh, It's a a rite, it's a ceremony uh, to welcome him into God's people, uh, to say, you are a child of Abraham, according to the law of Moses. And so there they are in the temple and Simeon is in the temple courts. And look again at verse 25, something significant about Simeon. Luke tells us the Holy Spirit is on him and it's revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he'd seen the Lord's Messiah, God's King. And something else really significant uh, is he's waiting, you've you've really got to get this, He's waiting for the consolation of Israel. Now, what does that mean? He's waiting for Israel, God's people, to be comforted, to be consoled. He's waiting for God to take away the grief that his people are feeling. He's waiting for for God to help Israel in their sorrow, in their pain, in their sins. That's what happens when someone consoles you, don't they? They give you confidence that's going to be okay. That's what Simeon is waiting for from God. He's actually waiting that God's people might be restored, redeemed, saved, rescued, all of those kind of words. Uh, And notice later in the chapter, Anna, the prophet, in verse 36, is doing the same thing. She's another godly old Jewish saint. I think she's 84 years of age or something. Uh, always in the temple, worshipping God, fasting, praying. And she's speaking to people about Jesus, verse 38. And notice in verse 38 who she's speaking to. She's she's speaking to the people who've got ears to hear. She's speaking to the people who are looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem, the same as Simeon. People who are waiting for God to do something. But head back with me to to Simeon again. There he is, moved by the Spirit, there he is in the temple courts waiting for the nation to be restored and when you're waiting for something when you're waiting for restoration what does that say about the current state you actually realize things aren't the way they should be Uh, when you when you say i'm waiting for a rescue you're saying at the same time we're in trouble Uh, when you're saying i need healing i need um i need help I'm in pain. It says, I'm in pain, doesn't it? Uh, I need to be forgiven. And so Simeon gets all of that. In fact, he sees his nation as broken. It's not the nation uh, that God promised it would be. He sees his, name, his nation in trouble, in sin, needing forgiveness. Uh, a nation that's not what it was created to be, not what it was destined to be, not what God promised. Uh, He sees, at this time of Jesus' birth, what is Israel like? It's small in number. 
they're living under Roman rule, not under God's king. Uh, they're led by religious hypocrites. You see that throughout the Gospels. Uh, evil still prospers. Uh, sin, sickness and death still reigns. Not many people are God-centred. Not many people are waiting for God's promises to be revealed. And so think for a moment how disappointed you'd be if you lived in Luke chapter 2. Uh, how broken God's people are. And think of the backdrop of the massive promises of God from the Old Testament, the massive expectation. Think, think about that with me for a moment. Uh, back to the promise of the Old Testament, starting with Genesis. Uh, Genesis chapter 12, what does God say? Your descendants will be as numerous as the stars. Uh, you will be a famous nation. Your nation's going to be incredibly blessed and through the whole world, the whole world will be blessed through you. Uh, what does God say to Moses? You're a prophet, but there's actually coming a much greater prophet. Uh, what does God say to his people through the prophets? There's a king coming greater than David, greater than Solomon, uh, a son of David who will live forever, whose kingdom will, live for, will be forever. God says to his people, I'm going to be your God. You're going to be my people. I'm going to live with you. In fact, my spirit is going to dwell with you. Uh, Ezekiel chapter 36, or I'll write my law on your hearts. You'll be completely transformed. You'll want to obey me, Jeremiah 31. And even though God's people have disobeyed him and chased foreign gods and have been exiled, first of all, in slavery in Egypt, then exiled and smashed and flattened by the nations, God says, I will restore you. I will bring you back. I will comfort you. I will create my temple again you'll have my king my kingdom will reign i'll bring righteousness and justice and so there you are in the jewish family every generation of jews says the messiah is coming i want you to have a look at some of the promises in the prophet isaiah uh, about comfort and healing that's coming up on the screen there isaiah chapter 12 verse 1 in that day you will say this is what's coming i will praise you lord Although you were angry with me, your anger has turned away and you have comforted me. That's where you'll get to. That's the place where I want you to be. Or Isaiah chapter 40, verses 1 to 2. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her hard service has been completed, that her sin has been paid for, it's been dealt with, that she received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. That's where God wants to take his people. Or Isaiah 49, 13. Shout for joy, you heavens. Rejoice, you earth. Burst into song, you mountains. For the Lord comforts his people and will have compassion on all his afflicted ones. That's the promise. That's the goal. But here we are in Luke 2. Simeon realizes we're not there yet. We haven't arrived. We're still, we still, need, we're still in desperate need of comfort of reconciliation, of restoration. And I reckon you don't even need to be a Jew like Simeon to realise uh, that the world needs fixing. Simeon saw the promises of God haven't been fulfilled, but even a Gentile who doesn't know God can see this world is in desperate need of fixing. Uh, the Holy Knight picks it up, doesn't it? Long lay the world in sin, an error pining, 
Uh, beautiful word, pining. The, you, what do you, you pine for something that you long for. The good that you've lost, you want it back. Um, so when my wife, Natalie, goes away, um, I pine for her. I enjoy my own company for a little while, but then I pine for her. I realise how the good has been lost. I want her to return. And our world is like that. We, we, the things are, can be good, but they're not as good as they could be. Uh, good has been lost. Our world is tainted. It is mixed with sin and brokenness. And something is not right. And so you don't need to be a follower of Jesus or, or believe the Bible to realise that. In fact, it's essential you realise that. Or else you won't see how awesome it is what Jesus comes to bring. If you think, actually... The world's not perfect, but it's okay. You could think that in our Western world with all our wealth. You've got to think again. That's not the real world. Our world is a world full of poverty and injustice, environmental degradation, uh, where relationships are severed, where there's pain, where there's divorce. I don't want you to be depressed as you think about that, but you do need to think about that. You do need to realise that's the real world And then you'll see how massive it is that Jesus has come to restore it. The world needs fixing. In fact, we need fixing. You need fixing. It's not just the world. It's not just other people. It's us. It's me. It's you. And have you noticed too that we we have our own solution to the brokenness of this world? Uh, We what do we do? We pretend there's no suffering, or we pretend death is not going to happen or we get distracted or we chase wealth uh, or we, uh, we pretend God's not there or we deal with pain with alcohol or drugs, uh, with, with money or sex. There's a whole lot of number of ways that we solve the problem of the brokenness. But there is Simeon living in a broken world, knowing the world is broken, knowing that God hasn't fulfilled his promises yet, waiting waiting for God to do something, like every faithful Jew would have done. And the question is not if God will do something. The question is, when will God do something? That's what uh, Simeon and Anna are doing, isn't it? They're waiting. When you wait, you actually believe, you're believing someone's promise, aren't you? If someone says, I'll, I'll, I'll meet you there at that time and that place, you wait. If you wait, you've trusted them, you believe them, And that's what Simeon and Anna are doing. Well, that's the question. When will God keep his promise? And here it is when Simeon sees in Luke chapter 2, he finally sees the consolation of Israel has arrived. And so what does Simeon do? As Jesus comes into the temple, he takes Jesus into his arms, he praises God and he says, there is the consolation of Israel. There is the comfort, the hope. Uh, that we've been waiting for. All the answers, all the promises of God have found their fulfilment in this one person, Jesus. In fact, it's bigger than that, isn't it? He says, this day has come, I've been waiting for it, in fact, I can now die. (laughs) My whole life has been about waiting for this day, and here it is, my eyes have seen your salvation, God. You can dismiss me now, My, my job is done. Here he is, in this person, in this baby, the Lord Jesus doesn't get any better than this. Now I'm at peace. It actually reminds me of another famous carol, O Little Town of Bethlehem. There's a line in that one that says, 
the hopes and fears of all the years are met in you tonight. It captures it beautifully, doesn't it? All the promises, all the hopes, all the fears, everything belongs to Jesus, finds its answer in Jesus, and that's what Simeon sees. Look at it in verse 31. It's, it's a wonderful comfort, wonderful salvation. Uh, he says, uh, verse 30, For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, uh, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. So it's not just for Jews. It's actually for the nations. It's actually for the non-Jew, the Gentiles. It's actually for us as well. Um, so O Holy Night captures it beautifully. Long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appeared. Uh, the soul felt its worth, a thrill of hope, a weary world rejoices. Finally, there's a solution. Finally, there's an answer. Uh, it reminds me of that, um, that passage in Romans chapter 8. You know, when we've, we talked about it when we, when we were first considering how to respond to COVID. Um, the whole of creation groans, it says, groans in expectation. The whole of creation is tired, is weary, uh, is in bondage to decay, wanting to be freed, wanting to come to its fruition, to be liberated, and now, ah, the Saviour has come. The Redeemer's here. That's what Simeon sees. What a relief. What a comfort. What, a, what healing. Well, what is the healing? Have a look uh, down. What is the healing and how does it come? Look, at, look down in verse 34. I think Simeon gives us a hint. We have to, you have to read the rest of the Gospel, uh, the rest of the New Testament. But I reckon there's more than a hint in 34. It's a little bit cryptic, but have a look. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. So Jesus will bring peace and comfort and healing, but he's going to bring conflict as well. He's actually going to divide people. People are going to um, rise up or fall based on Jesus. In fact, Jesus is going to be spoken against. In fact, Mary's heart will be pierced because Mary will see uh, such antagonism towards her son, Jesus, that he'll be put up on a cross. And that's precisely how he'll bring healing and forgiveness of sins. That he'll carry the sins of the world at the cross so that we might be forgiven, that we might be healed, that he might bring uh, eternal life and restoration to everyone who trusts him. It, re- it will reveal our hearts. Do we want to come to the Saviour? Uh, do we want this comfort? What is the comfort? The comfort is that God is no longer angry with you. The comfort is that your sins are completely forgiven. The comfort is that God wants friendship with you. You were his enemy. The comfort is that Jesus comes in weakness and frailty and knows us, was tempted in every way and yet was without sin. He knows what it's like to be human. He knows what it's like to be disappointed. In Jesus is your comforter. Don't look for it anywhere else. Uh, Come to him. In him is healing. In him is the forgiveness of sins. He's come to save, not to judge. He's come to release you from bondage to sin. Um, 
In him is all your deepest longings. Look to him. One, one quick thing on that, though. You need to, there's something you need to understand, and that is there is a reality to that now, and there's also a reality to come. It actually comes, the comfort and the healing comes in two parts, if you like. They're connected. They're all because of Jesus, his character, and his work at the cross. But you think about it, you're forgiven now, that is real. You have real hope now, real forgiveness now. You have the spirit now. You're transformed now. You're a completely different person now. Real joy, real hope. And yet, you still suffer. And yet, you still face the temptation of sin. You still sin. Uh, Your body still cries out in pain. You still have imperfect relationships. You still face death. You will still cry. All of those things will still happen. What is to come when Jesus returns is the full restoration, isn't it? When the new heavens and the new earth will be brought in, where you'll have new bodies, where there'll be no more sin. There'll be perfect relationships. Revelation says no more crying, no more death, no more pain. Look forward. Wait for that day. As Simeon waited for Jesus' first coming, you wait for his second coming. Trust him. That will happen. In fact, it's really interesting as I looked at this this week, the, the New Testament describes Christians, followers of Jesus, as people who are waiting. Uh, Jesus is coming again to take with him, Hebrews 9, to bring salvation to those who are waiting for him. Or 2 Timothy 4, uh, Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, Paul says, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. Are you longing for that appearing? Jesus is coming for you. Or 1 Peter 1.13, Therefore, with minds that are alert and and fully sober, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. So wait for that final day. Expect it. Um, Set your heart on it. Don't settle for a little restoration. Wait for the big restoration. Well, let me, let me tell you three things uh, to think about as we close tonight. Oh, holy night and Luke chapter 2. Uh, first one, I reckon, is a really simple one. Picks up a line in Oh, holy night. What's the right response to Jesus? It's fall on your knees, isn't it? The, the holy night gets it absolutely right. It, it might be literally fall on your knees, but it's probably figuratively in your heart Submit yourself to Jesus, the King, the Lord, the Saviour. Say sorry, you're not the King, you've lived for the wrong things. Come to him, be forgiven by him. It even speaks to us who have been followers for some time. Fall on your knees. Uh, You owe everything to him. Not just part of your life, all of your life. Uh, This is big. Jesus is the Lord, the Saviour. Let Jesus have it all. Fall on your knees. But secondly, I reckon this song and Luke 2 talks to us about what our longings are. What do we pine for? What do we long for? Do we get the brokenness? Do we look forward to the restoration to come? Or are we actually really satisfied with this life? Now, praise God for good things in this life. But have you set your, your vision too small when I hear people say, you know, I'm actually living in my dream house or I'm, I've got the dream job 
have you set your vision too low? Uh, I think you're going to be disappointed. There is a homecoming. Uh, there is uh, a restoration that outweighs it all. And it's, it's to come, but it's now found in Jesus. And so it really raises that question for us. Do we, do we long for the things that only God can provide for us? Or are we so satisfied with this world? Do you long also and give to, to God all the miseries and the losses in life? Do you say to God, I want healing and restoration. Um, I receive that now in Christ and I wait for that to come on the last day. If you're so satisfied now, you'll never pray that prayer. Uh, it's actually, as I thought about it, it's what the problem the Pharisees had. Um, why didn't they treasure Jesus? Why didn't they love Jesus, press into Jesus? Uh, because they were so satisfied with other things, weren't they? They were satisfied with the praise of other people, with the accolade, um, rather than the praise of God and the, and the love of God. They were so, so satisfied with money uh, and, and what all, all of that brings to them rather than being satisfied in God. We actually need a heart that longs for that consolation, that redemption that the world cannot give us. And here's, here's a really brave prayer to pray. Can you pray the prayer that says to God, please frustrate me, graciously and tenderly frustrate me with things in my life that are not centred on Jesus so that I'll actually turn to you and be satisfied in you and you alone. That's a brave prayer, isn't it? I want to be thankful for the, God, the things that God's given me, the, the precious gifts, but I don't want to centre myself on there. I want to centre myself on you. Um, can you pray that prayer? Satisfy me, Lord, in you and you alone. Lastly, we've seen enormous hope in Jesus. Uh, I think the song brings that up beautifully, doesn't it? Uh, it's not sugarcoating this world. It's saying, yes, there is weariness and brokenness in this world, but here is the hope of the world. Um, sin is real, loss is real, brokenness is real in, in our lives, and yet the hope in Jesus is real too, shown in his person, in his death, his resurrection, in the life to come, a real, solid, tangible hope. Um, so let's fix our eyes on him. I'm going to pray to that end. Now, Heavenly Father, we thank you again uh, for Jesus for bringing him uh, the, the answer to all our hopes and dreams, uh, our healing, our comfort, our consolation, the answer to all the promises uh, that you've made through your prophets in the Old Testament, um, the one through whom we will become the people that you want us to be. Um, Father, help us to see him more brightly. Help us to lean on him more. Help, help us to see the enormous hope found in him. Uh, Father, protect us against idolatry. Protect us against false hope. Uh, Lord, may we be satisfied in him and in him alone, we pray for Jesus' sake. Amen.